you know, I am just looking overall right now at the USL stat sheets. Blanchett is second with 18 saves. Mm-hmm. Here's the opposite crossfire to this. Goals conceded, tied for third. The other clubs that are ahead of us, Philadelphia Union, two. Memphis with Tim Howard. Atlanta United, two. And Timbers, two. Let that sink in for a second. Yeah, but you're. That's taken into consideration. The game against Los Dos. Regardless, it still counts in the standings. I, I, I know, I know, I know, no, I know. But you have to admit that this team defensively is much better defensively than in that first game. A lot more organized. They are a lot more. They're a lot um, uh, better. And you have the stats to prove it. You just mentioned all these stats that prove that this team might be one of the uh, is has potential to be one of the best defenses out there. I mean, you're talking about barring that first game against Los Dos, only one game, oh, only one goal per game. But here's the thing, though: if your offense doesn't score goals, then Opponents are going to be like, well, as long as I score a goal, then I'm the mo- uh, the least I'm going to get is a, is a, is a draw, right? Mm-hmm. All right, so, you you guys are talking about goals is wins you games. You all know. Yeah. Here's the very very scary part of everything. I mean, isn't it the basis of it all? If you score when more. You- yeah, no, no, no. But, you, were, but you guys, you guys just brought in a convert. You guys brought up a key word here: converting, conversion. You all know where the Toros lack as a team. You all know where they rank. Where? Dead last at six percent. Yeah, thought so. Yeah. It's converting. We have the defense, but we don't have the offense. Once again, we have a okay midfield. I'd still say it needs to be better. It's better than last year's team, but that's not saying a lot considering how much the midfield struggled throughout the beginning and middle of the year with everything that went on there. You know, I just felt like, and and this might go back to last season, mm-hmm. when Salazar was finding his groove, our team conversion rate was so much higher. If it wasn't, uh, I can assure you that that conversion rate was right in the middle of the pack, if not cl- closer within the top 10 mm-hmm. with Michael Salazar. Yep. You you lose Salazar, and what a tailspin this team has had. Until, Car- until Carlos Small was able to find his groove. Yeah, until Carlos Small was able to get it, his... Exactly. The, prob- yeah. the problem is... We don't have anybody right now. Garrett McLaughlin hasn't been that 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 striker that we that we need. Yeah. Obregón, Obregón, 
to me, he seems more like a winger, but he can play as a striker. But this team, and this goes back to a poll that I launched a couple of days ago on Twitter, where I asked, if the Toros are still looking for players to bring in, which I highly doubt, but if they were to to be bringing in more players, what line of the uh, of the squad needs to be scouted uh, primarily oh, yeah. and the majority said striker position surprisingly i think it was this was this was like like at the last second the midfield won second place because yeah. for most of the day it was keeper that was in second place then all of a sudden i check again it's like uh, at the final results and it's midfielders like at 27 percent. i was like wow <laughs> I didn't see that coming. Um, but to me, definitely we need another striker. We need a striker that can put in uh, put in, in the goals because what we need right now are goals. If we want to salvage something from this tournament, either Garrett McLaughlin or the rest of the strikers that we currently have on this in, in, in the squad get their act together and start scoring goals. Yep. Like like they're being they're getting paid to do. <laughs> or we bring somebody or we bring somebody that that can actually score goals right off the bat. Yeah. Because like you said like like we said this game it's about scoring more goals than the other. The defense is doing their job, but you as strikers you're not doing your job. Yep. Simple as that. I'm not going to sugarcoat this. No. The the strikers are not doing their job. And I know I know this is probably going to this is going to probably rub some people the wrong way. But at this point Somebody needs to say it. Somebody needs to say it directly to y'all. You need to score the goals at this point. There's, the window of opportunity is closing rapidly. And yeah. yes, you might score some goals against FC Tulsa, but the real time, the real test is can you score them on San Antonio? Can you score them against Austin Pold, which will be coming up in about two weeks too? Yeah. And we need somebody right now. And it's just frustrating to see, yes, you might say that Carlos Small might been lazy at practice, this or that. He was, and then he matured a little bit and then got went back to being lazy. But guess what? He could score goals, could score goals. when it was necessary. And just to reiterate, this team needs goals. And Y'all need y'all need y'all need to y'all need to show why why you're you, and it's especially more important with Garrett McLaughlin being a Dynamo draft pick. Yep. You need to prove to the Houston Dynamo this year that they chose correctly. And if you're not scoring goals, more than likely you're going the way of Brad Dunwell, one and uh, one and out. Mm-hmm. Purpa too. I'm sorry. Sure. But numbers don't lie. Look, I don't like, I might do it all the time, but I don't like dissing my own players. I don't like it. I, I feel very uncomfortable doing so. But this team needs a better performance offensively if we want to think about going into the playoffs. And not pull a Houston Dynamo. 
Let's instead pull a Houston Dash and not pull Portland Thorns as well, too. Right. You know, this team can't doesn't have the luxury of having a Tyler Pasher on their squad or to go out and get a Tyler Pasher on their squad, mainly because it's cost prohibited. But at this point, I mean, what good does it serve the Dynamo to take away a lot of our good younger talents for them to have if they can't even get their first team, uh, if they can't even get their first team stuff uh, well sorted out? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean... I know in that poll that you had there, Edson, one of your comments that you received on there was, okay, they need a better goalkeeper. Okay, yeah, we have Ryan Coulter, who currently serves as our goalkeeping coach. Why not Why not give him a shot, you know? Because he's a goalkeeping coach, and we need an extra player. That's a problem, well, too. We're okay. short on keepers. Well, regardless whether we're short or well, not, I mean, we eventually have a keeper at the academy. Well, okay, let's not put in the academy kid in first. Okay, let's True. True. let's stick, let's let's stick to what we have on the roster right now. In the RGV, mm -hmm. why not give Ryan Coulter a shot here? Let's give him a shot. Give. Uh, give Blanchett a little bit of a, a, a of a one game rest. Get let him uh, fi figure, let him see a game from the bench to see where this team at team stands at the moment. Let him grasp and learn a little bit from the bench, and then from there, let him, uh, and then put him ba back out there. See, see, see what happens. Although with with that kind of move happening, I think one would kind of say, oh, you're already throwing the white flag. No, you're kind of not because you, you want your rookie to grasp and learn as much as he can. And I figured with putting in culture, I think it would serve Blanchett a little bit to kind of like learn, grasp and learn at least for that one game and then see. And, 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 and take that approach. Wouldn't it also be kind of like a warning, like, hey, I know we're short, but that doesn't mean that your, your, uh, your starting position is a given to you? It, kind of exactly. Kind of give him that nod, even though he does have some qualities, and then some of those qualities that make you scratch your head a little bit. Hmm. So, so you, you, it's a kind of like a double knife-edged sword there. Now, Defenders, okay, I can kind of see where we need defenders because, yes, you have Emil Legault. Yes, we have Rocha. You have Carter Manley. You have Jonathan Jimenez, who's, like, completely new mm -hmm. to the uh, defensive line. You have the, the Roberts back there. Um, now you've got Ian Hoffman. Now you got Ian Hoffman uh, available, which, which would come up. Yeah, soon that's going to be uh, another topic there. Um, at, at this point, adding a defender would be 
kind of safe besides Hoffman. But then again, I mean, just work with kind of what you have there. Midfielders, okay, they've been um, the prime suspect as to why these goals have been let in recently. So there, so there's that to uh, tinker with a little bit. So Ian Hoffman can go both ways as far as defending in midfield. Now you come up to your forward position. Again, you only had Obregon who, out of that entire bunch, who may have scored a goal. And then now you have Beckert who, who has scored, but they don't score like on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. So now you're... You kind of have to like uh, uh, fight for yourself a little bit to uh, to see. Okay, do I do I br bring in another striker with experience at the USL Championship level who has been there that has done that, or do you continue the dynamo trend where you bring in someone unproven, you bring in someone from the college ranks? or someone from the academy who feels is ready for the professional game and try to br bring them in to score some. Now, my question now is, uh, and I'm going to take advantage of that Jacob is here. The Dynamo's eliminated from MLS is back, right? Mm -hmm. Now, I know the COVID situation isn't ideal for either city, whether it's Houston or whether it's the Rio Grande Valley. So it's understood. Yep. Mm -hmm. But would it be uh, a surprise to see a player like Michael Salazar or Ronaldo or even Mauro, who really wasn't having a good uh, a good performance no. at MLS's back mm -hmm. tournament, but see see at least one of them loaned down to the Rio Grande Valley Toros for uh, in between till they finally get a decision on whether the MLS will be will be back to a regular season format. I'd say that's smart, but I'd be shocked if it happens. I'd be very shocked if it happens considering of course. Yes, Houston Dynamo can say all they want. It's about COVID. We don't want to risk our players and stuff like that. But in reality, do they really want to send down players in general? Does Matt Jordan really want to do that because they have a chance of getting hurt? Do the players want to be sent down because it's technically their offseason? No. And I think and I think that's that last thing you said, and that's been my biggest concern, that's been my biggest anger towards uh, some of the players that have been loaned down to the uh, to the Toros. Yeah, they don't care. They don't care. Mm -hmm. Simply, they, they don't put in their 100% whether it's by direction of the first team head coach mm -hmm. or because they see it, at, or, or like Ronaldo Peña, where he sees it as a step down, like, well, you know what? I don't, I'm not, I, I don't care. I'm not going to put him on 100%, you know? I mean, I understand that Tab also did mention when we had him on the peel, he mm -hmm. did mention that he did want to add uh, accountability to those players that will be loaned down to make sure like that they prove themselves in the USL that they 
need to get that they deserve minutes at the MLS level. It won't be it won't be before where uh, where it used to be it used to be a a given. You know, mm-hmm. now they, he wants it to be like, oh, if you're not going to be um, having a positive impact on the Toros, which is a division below MLS, what makes you think that I want to give you minutes in the MLS level where, you know, it's higher, it's a higher level. It's a, it's a higher, uh, and the level of uh, responsibility is a lot higher. So, like I said, I don't know, I don't know what needs to be done, whether bringing in somebody to on the transfer market or or bringing in a low knee from the dynamo yep but at this point if the toros want to salvage something they need to do something offensively mm-hmm. and i and i know co- i know co- i know coaches uh, coach sees this like he sees that there's a problem he mentioned mm-hmm. that like this is a responsibility i can't go in and score goals this is a responsibility 100 percent of the players that they need to uh, take advantage of these opportunities and put it in the back of the net. So, uh, I don't know. It's same old, same old every every year. Except that this Seems time like... we, except like this time we can't blame it on the loanies or losing or losing players because we've have we have this roster since since the beginning and they're they're yep. not they're not proving themselves uh, offensively. Nope. So. Yeah, Los Dos was a different story. This time, no, not at all. Mm-hmm. My thing is, from the list of players that you guys mentioned, I wouldn't bother bringing in Ronaldo Pena. Oh, definitely not. At this I point, mean, I'd give th- th- anything th- to get anybody. <laughs> well, I, I, I think you would probably sell your kidneys short there a little bit, Jacob, because... Thankfully, his contract is up at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. So I would probably like to have uh, someone like Michael Salazar, a guy who's been in the MLS before, a guy who has scored at the championship level. Mm-hmm. I, Out of the list of players that, that were mentioned, he's probably like the only one that I would like, like to have with the Toros at this point. What would you say about Nico Lemoyne? Another player who's been in both. Winger, though, we need a striker. We need a killer inside the box, not yeah. not someone who can lump the ball in. I think we got plenty of people who can do that. Yeah, that is true. At this point, that L- lumping this- lumping the ball inside the area box isn't the issue. I, I, the, you know, you you bring you bring that up, okay? You 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 bring that up. He could go for rebounds, though. That is for sure. Okay. Kyle Edwards can do that too. Good point there. But okay. also, uh, well, let me, real, real before quick. you continue, okay. before you continue, the team, ha- the team has a fourth, they're fourth in the league in shots. Okay. Mm-hmm. So those opportunities created are, are right there within the, 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 the league leaders. And you're, you're talking about your Indian 11s, your Sacramento Republics and Phoenix Rising. Oh, everybody who gets put on ESPN every single week. Cool. But the yeah. issue is shots on target. Yeah. Easily. 
I mean, you just said it yourself. Conversion rate is dead last in the whole league, mm-hmm. and that's because mm-hmm. and that's because Memphis nine hundred one is a dumpster fire. We need a striker. Uh, at this point, I'd, I at this point I would definitely even go with uh, go and get Carlos Small out of Panama. He has no team right now. He's a free agent. He's a free agent. At this but point, as long as he's been staying fit, though, that's another that's another issue. Sure. Yeah. That's where the head case issue kicks in. Yeah. But we but we know but but we know how he performs when he's when 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 he's one hundred percent focused. Exactly. And we need, and we need yeah. some. And we need something like that right now. And then the other problem would be, since he is in Panama, quarantine. And he crossover <laughs> exactly quarantine that too because he's he's he would also be going into Texas, another hot spot. Then RGV, that's just another city that's pretty much a hot spot in Texas. Although it, I think numbers have gone down just a tiny but bit. Even the pro, but the protocol does say that if you're coming from outside the country, yeah, it's, it's a, a mandatory days. it's a mandatory 14-day 14, 14 yeah. quarantine. Yeah, easily. Ray, what would you what what is your solution or what is your proposal for this? Oh boy, cover your ear. What, do we go with what we have or all right? Bring it. No. Don't be afraid to buy anyone from League One. Ah, that would be my best optimal solution. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, but no, in all seriousness, outside of the uh, two North Texas soccer uh, club players who were the league leading scorers, I would probably take like the next best of available uh, scorer for League One at this point. Think about it. Their salaries aren't. They're just they're as really equal. making anything. Yeah, they're just as equal as a, as a USL ch- championship team, mm-hmm. but only that costs a, a, that you could probably pick up somewhere at a significant prorated cost. But that's just me, though. Mm-hmm. At this point, I mean, if if you're not gonna have any help for the Dynamo, I mean. Go go out, identify a striker from League One, and bring him in at the, at this point. But yep. we don't work in the front office. Right? Yeah. It seems like nobody works in the front office, so sometimes. Hey. 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 That's, a, that's a bit. Uh, yeah, that, uh, trust me, that, that's a bit uh, over-exaggerated. I will say that. <laughs> yeah. That's why. You know, they call look me. business side. Look in the business side of front office for RGV. I have no complaints uh, as of right now. No, just some minor suggestions on how to improve. But complaints, mm-hmm. complaints. I don't have any at this moment. The Dynamo uh, technical side, that's a different story, and that's oh, what man. we're mostly f- focusing on right now. Oh yeah, because I forgot they technically own this team, even though it seems like they don't because they don't care. But then again, they don't care about the Dynamo either. So, I mean, the good thing is supposedly that Matt Jordan's contract ends in December. So, mm-hmm. but will they renew him because he's cheap? Probably. That's the question, and I would hate for that to happen. So, anyways, guys, 
I think we kind of beat a dead horse here. Let's move on to uh, Tulsa. I think we need to talk about this for another hour. <laughs> oh, we could go on and we can go on and on and on to talk about this. But time is of the essence right now. It is right now 8.08, and we don't want to make this episode too long for me to edit. <laughs> but um, Yeah, we got to think about Edson. Right? Yeah, you you do do most of the stuff anyway, so yeah, I'll be nice. The, the man of many hats. <laughs> Exactly. But no, no, but on it, but most mostly about the fact that you know, yeah. thirty having a thirty minute episode is a lot is too long for a lot of people like to listening back on a podcast. Imagine yeah. an hour and thirty minutes, you know. So <sighs> it's not mostly it's not really about me. It's about the audience. We're trying to we're trying to retain the audience, if you know what I mean. True. But anyways, moving on to Tulsa. So Tulsa. this Saturday, um, by the oh by the way, before I go into Tulsa, Ian Hoffman. So Ian Hoffman uh, was brought in um, oh, yeah. by the Houston Dynamo. And he is a U.S. Uh, under-20 national team uh, member. He was brought in, um, refresh my memory, or actually let me grab the, the communication email from the Houston Dynamo. All right, so Ian Hoffman, um, U.S. under-20 national team defender, can play midfielder as well. Um, he comes from uh, Karlsruhe. I know I botched this. I, I don't speak German. Ka- Kaiser Slotten. No, it's not Kaiser Slotten. Not Kaiser Slotten. It's Ka- uh, uh, Karlsruhe uh, SC in Germany from the second division. Um, interestingly, so the the press release says he's a di- he's a defender midfielder, right? Mm-hmm. In the U.S. men's national team, or in the youth national team, the under, I know in the under-16s it says that they used him as a left-back. Yep. Under-20s, transfer market have no information to what position he played. I'm assuming he was still played as a defender. But in Germany, he was actually played as a midfielder and a winger. So, and I know I saw a comment saying that they really want to kind of uh, polish up Ian for a defender role because they say that this, the depth size of the national team system for midfielders is very saturated. Yeah. And there's really not a lot of defenders available. So if he has the experience playing as a defender... Maybe Tab Ramos wants to polish him in in that defensive position, and that's where we're going to use him as a Toros. Just wanted to bring that up because I thought that was I thought that was interesting uh, to note as to what kind of direction Jerson uh, uh, Echeverry and Tab Ramos kind of want to take on uh, take on, on the kid. But he does have, like I said, he has under twenty experience. He has under sixteen experience with the national team. Um, let me see what else. Uh, he will be loaned to the Toros for the rest of the twenty twenty season. Mm-hmm. Um, his uh, international transfer certificate is still pending, so he will probably not, more than likely, not play against Tulsa. Um, we'll talk about that. We'll t- we'll talk about that uh, right now. Um, Santos, we'll talk about that right now before we. But we do want to talk about the, the Tulsa match. Um, played in the two Bundesliga, he had. St- 38 appearances with the yep. under-19s uh, of Kyle Schroer here at SC. 
And he led the under-17s in goals and assists in his first season. Um, before joining Karlsruher, Ruhr, Kaufman competed in the, uh, in the FC yeah. Cologne Academy. Uh, he recently scored a goal in the under-20s in January. Uh, and obviously, one of the biggest things is that he has worked with, uh, or he has played under Tab Ramos. Uh, so that's a, that's a that's a, also another thing in favor of him. He kind of knows Tab Ramos' system from the under twenties. Um, ob- he also played alongside uh, Marcelo Palomino, and he played under uh, assistant Dynamo coach Amit Namazi Namazi in the under eighteens. Um, and interestingly, also he actually represented the under seventeen German national team for the under seventeens, and then reverted to the U.S. national teams. But that's uh, that's Ian Hoffman. I do see him, I don't know about you guys, but I do see him uh, be playing, brought in as defensive death for the Toros. Oh, definitely. I mean, well, real quick, we all know that we lost a little bit of good depth for defense last year. I know that the defense this year is pretty good as well, but you all always, 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 always want to have extra defensive players to try and get your defense to even do better. It's that same thing with, of course, the strikers or wingers or things like that, where you want them to basically fight for positions in a consistent basis, things like that. It gets the team. It keeps the team focused, really, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, it's still going to be a good thing, most definitely, as long. And this is the key thing, development. As long as RGVFC can develop him and he can continue to develop past RGVFC too then he can be a great player for Houston Dynamo and a great player for the U.S. men's national team and a great player for wherever he ends up after that. Right. I kind of like the fact that they're bringing in this kid and once the season is over or once the calendar year flips, he'll straight up be a Dynamo player with a standard contract, which probably means if the relationship continues with Toro's Dynamo for the next year and I say if because of, of what's been said in the past mm-hmm. this guy can probably uh, flourish and continue to be uh, a bright prospect for for the Dynamo because it's a very very uh, a different case from building and polishing up a midfielder and a forward mm-hmm. as compared to a defender. Yeah. I mean, I want to say that there's probably more forwards and midfielders available for selection for both teams than what there is defenders. And probably they may want to continue stockpiling on defenders for, for the time being. And, and have them come down to our RGVFC. That, that's just me. So interesting. I'm interested to seeing what he brings to the table. Will he be... Uh, see if he can fight for a tough spot. I'm assuming he would be uh, challenging Rob Coronado uh, for his position. Maybe. So he does have left back experience if anybody out there that's listening uh live or is listening to the podcast that has watched or is more knowledgeable of the youth system of the u.s team and has seen 
uh, Ian play, let me know what position they would have they would have him play in in the youth system. But mm-hmm. from what I saw from the under 16s being used as a left back, I wouldn't be surprised if he is he was brought in to add depth for Robert Coronado. Mm-hmm. I mean, where else would you put where else would you put him? Center back. Yeah. We've got Castellanos. We've got uh, Diego Rocha, Carter Manley. Well, I mean, right now we're the team's playing with a. I I, I don't want to call it a, a makeshift uh, back line, but at, the, at at this point, I mean, Legault can probably play anywhere in the back line, whether it's right back, We've or seen left back. back. We've seen Robert play center back too, Coronado. So. Right now, I mean, the back line is what it is. I mean, no one really has a, 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 a true position. I mean, you can see Carter Manley playing as a true center back. Mm-hmm. You can also see him playing as a right back and left back. So right now, it's not that coaches are playing a, a trial by air here, but I, I, I guess this kind of back line stuff has has been working for now. But if you notice, you notice also before I move on, uh, all, they've been bringing in very flexible players. And by flexible, I mean that you can play them in various positions. Yeah, I mean, that that's why. I mean, we, uh, I, I think the team r- right now is in a, a very, very good position. But otherwise, we're they're thin. I mean, Diego Rocha, I mean, yes, he had a nice christening by fire in the derby. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jonathan Jimenez, I mean, he's a work in progress. Uh, the, the, the one question remains, I mean, Vic, Victor Garza, I mean, who, who knows what his status is? I mean, right now he's projected on a roster to be a midfielder. Mm-hmm. But can he be a midfielder that can play a little bit more of a defensive role? Or is he one of those just genuine type midfielder, uh, not box-to-box type of guy, but just a, a, a plain midfielder that's just going to win you balls, fi- find the offensive catalyst, and let's move on type of player. So Santos brings up a comment. Um, one last comment before we actually talk about Tulsa. It's already going to be 8.30. So after the game against San Antonio, there was, as always, Facebook kind of lit on fire. Um, there were a couple of comments. Um asking for coach to be sacked like there usually is every year. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is Facebook after all. But he says, um, I say keep, uh, Santos says, I say keep him. Much more, much more time of results are, are the same. The, my thing is, and I mentioned it before, is that coach Echeverry has done a good job with the material that he has putting him in scoring situations. And like I said before in, in this in this uh in the stream is that coaches their game plan is putting the players in a favorable position to score. But if your talent level of your squad is poor and doesn't score those opportunities, that's not coach's fault. Well, at the point of Sub, sub, sub the striker that isn't scoring and putting in somebody that might score. But if almost all of your strikers are having a drought and they're not bringing you 
a player to kind of fix that problem, then that's not coach's problem. That's front office. That's Matt Jordan. That's the general manager's problem. Nick Coba. Nick Coba or Matt Jordan. But mostly Matt Jordan. So I feel like those uh, I feel like those comments on Facebook, number one, expect them. Like I said, it is Facebook. Facebook tends to be very toxic in their comment sections. You're not going to let me lie. And number two is they, for the most part, they don't know how things are run. I've seen, I saw posts asking or asking for Ron Patel to be fired. And they're like, and we're like, well, why? And he's like, well, because he promised us a team that was going to fight for a championship and he's not, he's not, uh, he's not fulfilling it. I mean, Rome wasn't built overnight folks. And number, and number two, he doesn't, have, right now he doesn't have any control over the technical aspect of this team. We go back to Matt Jordan. He has control over the technical aspect. He's the one that brings in the players. So if you want to bark up against a tree or why the Toros are not winning, blame the Dynamo. Don't blame the Toros front office. They have no control over them. Since the, since the beginning, they control the business aspects. If you think that they're not marketing this team well enough, or if you think anything in that aspect, or if you have problems with ticketing, then blame front, uh, the Toros front office. Put your claims on them. They'll sort you out. But what happens on the field, they have no control over it right now unless they go in fully independent. Then that's where the the claims can be filed in. Exactly. But at this point, you either educate yourself to what's really happening uh, and, and not just go willy-nilly blaming, uh, uh, blaming Ron Patel or any other uh, member of the Toros front office. That is not their battle at this time. And that's what I'm going to say about that. As far as coach, keep coach. But give him good material to work with. If you give Echeverry good material to work with, you bring in, let's say, I'm not asking you to bring in superstars. We know we don't have the budget for that. But at least players that can keep up with the best of the best in the USL throughout the squad. And he's still, uh, and he's still bringing in bad results. Okay, mm-hmm. then fire him. But at this point, with everything against him, and he's still, the past years that he's been, when he's been, when he's allowed to give consistency to the squad, he gives it. He gives results. Mm-hmm. Even with a limited squad, talent-wise, he bring he brought results. Mm-hmm. So don't blame this on Coach Echeverry, 100%. Or at least don't ask for his, uh, for his dismissal. Because you're barking up the wrong tree entirely. Yeah, I'm going to say this. That's my favorite part about Facebook. I mean, I literally work in a job that has Facebook comments on it constantly. 
because you know we did i mean it's a great platform to show games at but then the people who watch them are normally just they're morons let's be honest they don't know what the heck's going on either behind the scenes or just at all when you tell them something a hundred times they're still going to be in comments they're still going to be frustrated they're still going to be asking for you to leave it is yeah it's the most ridiculous thing. So, yeah, take what you read on Facebook with the grain of salt, people, because none of it about, is always freaking true. I mean, you're talking about a platform that is advocating for a doctor that says that uh, that some that some health issues uh, have to do because demons are. Oh yeah, no, exactly. It's stuff like that. And can, this is that. This is what can, besides Reddit and 4chan. Facebook is a, is a very popular platform for conspiracy theories. So Facebook really isn't a gr- good parameter to see to see uh, true educated opinions on any subject. It's rare, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But the point is, don't fire a coach. Coach is not the issue coach. here. Or it's, Ron Patel at the moment. It's the people over there to my south, uh, to my southeast of where I'm at right now, over there in Plaza Las Americas uh, in uh, downtown. That's who you should. That's who you should be uh, barking up. Yeah. Not not the not the people at uh, HEB Park and Bird Ogden Arena. They have no control over mm-hmm. the technical aspect. Or technically, on. you know, where's that place at? Kind of Ed Couchish. I don't know. Wherever the person who gives us money is. Gives the team money. <laughs> oh, whoa, whoa, whoa! I was like, we're getting paid. <laughs> I was about, I was about to. Be, where, where's my paycheck then? <laughs> no, we, we, just putting, just putting it out there. We are definitely not being paid to do this by anybody. No, no, no. And if we were getting paid, you think they they would? If we were getting paid by the team, you think they'd let us make these kind of comments? Hell to the freaking nope. no. But anyways, 